Bruce Lawn. By the way, I got to make sure you guys don't miss this. We have a free how to study the Bible course in the link of the description, and it's pinned up in the chat. This will get you more clarity, more consistency, and ultimately more life change for your application from the Bible. And so we're super excited about that because it's in bite-sized pieces, and I think you guys will find a lot of value from it. And it, you also get these like super encouraging emails and get to know more about my life. That is available right now. On this video, we are going to talk about something that is often conflated, confusing, and just a nasty conversation when it comes to a Christian, this idea of the poverty versus the prosperity gospel. And I don't think it's that deep. I think if you look at the scriptures, especially the book of Proverbs, especially chapters like Matthew 24, 25, um, it is very straightforward. It doesn't make sense why there's so much division. So on this video, I'm going to give you guys my thoughts on where I think the distinction comes from and how we can ultimately be better stewards of our finances. Now, to start, we have to acknowledge this. If you are a follower of Jesus, your life is not your own. And I say follower of Jesus on purpose because I think the word Christian has been so watered down. I think it's so used very casually in American culture. Everybody identifies as a Christian or a lot of people do who aren't actually following Jesus and attempting to live out his precepts and his commands and this whole thing. So um, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, your life is not your own. You've died, the old you has died, and there's a new version of you. You have died with Christ and you've now became born again. When Jesus says the word, uh, you will lay, you have to lay down your life to find it in Matthew, right? Lay down your life to find it. That word life in that specific passage, that word life is closer to the word psyche, psyche, your your way of thinking, your way of doing things, your mentality. You have to lay down your mentality, your mentality, your life, your way of doing things is not your own. And in order to find your life, your, your true identity, which is in Christ Jesus. And then it's interesting when he talks in John 10, 10, which is one of my favorite verses, he says, hey, um, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come to give them life and life in the full. He is a, he's using a different word for life. He's actually using the word Zoe for life, which is my, my, my daughter's name, Zoe. He's using the word Zoe. And that, that life in John 10, 10 is the abundance, the full, the flourishing life. Now, what happens is, and what's happened is in America specifically, we've taken verses that are more applicable to what flourishing could look like here in our context. And we've mass applied them as universal absolute standards. And even if you read the book of Proverbs, it's more about the generalities and the likelihoods of something happening than it is in absolute terms. Meaning this, you can live a wise life. You can live God's ways. You can lay down your psyche, put on Christ's mentality, put on Christ's ways of doing things, walk in your new identity, and tragedy could hit. And you could end up poor, and something tragic could happen. Or you could be born in the wrong continent. Or you could be born in the wrong, you could have been a hundred years ago, 200 years ago. There are so many variables we don't control. And I think what's happened is we've done this, this message, this, you lay down your life, you get a new life in Christ Jesus, 
and, and now there's a fullness to it, is we've tried to create a one-size-fits-all narrative, and it's yo-yoed from opposite extremes. And so we get this wonky version called the prosperity gospel, which more or less goes, if you believe in God, he will give you riches. You name it and you claim it. It's the Christian version of manifestation, right? If you name it, you claim it, you will get riches, and so on and so forth. Now, the issue with that is that is not universally universally applicable. There are parts in the world right now where people will never own a car, right? Like ever. Like in America, you can get access to a car unless you live in like New York City or you have a disability. Most people can get access to a car. Most people can drive. But there are people in the world where they'll never have a car. They'll, they, they may never have running water, right? Like we're working hard to get people just clean water, okay? Clean drinking water. We're working to get people food and, and basic shelter. And so if and those people who get saved are no less Christian or no less obedient than people in America that get saved, okay? So this prosperity gospel has been misapplied, misappropriated, used out of context, and, and, and it, it's not, to me, helpful. However, the response to it has been the opposite. It's been the poverty gospel. And the poverty gospel then takes the opposite extreme and assumes that because people in certain places are poor and because Jesus had no place to lay his head and because the early church suffered persecution and because you will have trouble in this life, well then if you aren't poor and if you aren't suffering and if you aren't going without material things and if you aren't having a hard time, well then you're not really following Jesus either. Right. And it's this really radical, extreme version of two perspectives. And so the question comes down to is what is God's heart for our finances? And I would direct you to the scriptures. Go read Proverbs. Read it again. Read a chapter a day. Second of all, I would say read Matthew chapter 25. And what you'll find is that it's not about the amount. It's about the heart. It's not about are you a billionaire? Are you a millionaire? It's about have you been faithful with what you've been given? And see, and this is where we start poking, because if we're honest, if we're honest in America, there's no reason why anyone who's of able body and sound mind should not retire as a millionaire. Now, that's like Russo, you're talking about, that's the prosperity gospel. How dare you? No, 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 no. That's very basic. Very basic math. It's called compound interest. It's called looking back at the last 100 years of the market, the last 60 years of the market. It's looking at what is the rate of inflation versus what is the rate of the market grows. And hey, if you put your money in a simple, basic growth stock index fund like the S&P 500, $100 a month from the age of 18 to the age of 68, you will retire a multimillionaire. You can check out the compound interest calculator and figure that out. $100 a month, almost everybody can do that. Every, my opinion, everybody who's of sound mind and of, and of able body can do that. So we have this hostility and we ignore it. Now, granted, statistically speaking, there's going to be certain people that are just going to be average. But see, I don't know if God wants you to be average. I think God wants you to be a good steward and be the very best that you can be with the time, talent, and treasure he's given you. So in this entire conversation about money, what we do is we remove context. There's never been a time like this right now where you can get an app called Robinhood, download it to your phone, and start buying little, little shares of an index fund like S&P 500 or QQQ, and your money will grow there for you. And you start understanding what the law of 72 is. What's the law of 72? The law of 72 says if you put something in a, in a, in a fund and you can get 
Whatever that percentage is, divide that by 72. Quick math, you get 10% on something. So if you put $1,000 into an account in 7.2 years, remember you divide 72 by 10, that, that, that amount will, will double. And then it'll double again, and then it'll double again. So the law of 72 says if you got $1,000, you put it into account, you don't touch it, in seven years at 10%, it'll be $2,000. And then in another seven years, that $2,000 will be $4,000. Now, what is crazy is compound interest. What's crazy is when you slowly invest little by little, that $100 pair of Jordans, that $200 pair of Yeezys, 30, 40 years in the future, had that been put into an S&P 500, could be $20,000 on average. I'm throwing really rough ballpark numbers, but you guys should get the idea. So what's the issue? The issue is the heart. The issue is, is a lot of people that claim to be followers of Jesus, however, however, they don't have the restraint in the discipline. And so they'll throw excuses at you. Oh, you know, you don't really, you don't understand the market. You don't know this. You don't know, and never, and it's really just all excuses for them not to be disciplined with their finances, not be on a budget, not save, not live on less than you make. Ignoring that there's never been a time like this in history. Ignoring the fact that the vast majority, the vast majority, 85%, this is a true statistic, go fact check me. 85% of America's millionaires are first generation rich. They did not, they did not inherit that money. They did not, no, they didn't win the lottery. 85%, 65% of America's billionaires are first generation rich, 65%. Okay, I'm not saying everybody's gonna be a billionaire. I'm not saying everybody's gonna be a millionaire. I'm just saying this, this attitude of, oh, you know, the, 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 it's all rigged. Little man can't get ahead. Just, go, just gonna suck at life because I'm gonna spend more and get a credit card and take out student loans and watch 30 hours of Netflix a week and then blame the system or blame the government or blame capitalism or blame your family or blame fill in the blank. Right? So pointing out this gets very triggering. And even right now, there's going to be people that are going to pull out verses out of context and, and, and say, well, you know, it's harder for a rich man to enter the, the, the kingdom than I, I have a needle. You're, you're pulling that verse completely out of context. You're missing everything else the Bible says about wealth and stewardship. You're pulling one verse out and you're ignoring an entire chapter. Go read Matthew chapter 25 and then read it again and then read it again and then read it again. My challenge to you guys is, outside of what you, what you make, like, like, let's just, like, forget about that. Are you being faithful with what you've been given? Have you been faithful with what you've been given? The time, the talent, and the treasure you have. Have you been faithful with it? Are you squandering it? Because I don't want to hear you argue about being broken. You're watching 30 hours of TV a week. Mmm, I'm poking, aren't I? I don't want to hear you. Uh, argue and, and, and complain about being broke and you refuse to build any useful skills. Hmm. It's uncomfortable. Uncomfortable conversation, isn't it? You, 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 well, you know, a little guy can't get ahead. Just back, in, back in my day, you could work at a grocery store and bag groceries and it was a livable wage. Really? The McDonald's job was supposed to be a livable wage. Really? The minimum wage job. Minimum wage jobs were never intended to be livable wages, guys. So how do you earn more? 
you got to develop some skills. Got to develop some skills that the marketplace deems valuable. Got to develop some skills that are useful to other people. Right? What am I talking about? Well, if you can just do skills that everybody else can do, how are you any more valuable to anyone? But if you take the skill of knowing how to use a computer and then you stack that with the skill of knowing how to write copy and stack that with the skill of knowing how to shoot and edit video and stack that with the skill of, you see what I mean? Those are more and more useful skills. And the more you become an expert, and skills that the average person doesn't have, the more you can earn in the marketplace. And so the two variables, the two variables about how much money you earn are going to be skills and your network. If you have great skills, you can serve your network and start out helping people for free. There's a, that business owner, I'm sure, in your network that owns a coffee shop and they don't know how to market themselves. Use your scarce skills to service them and then charge them after you've shown proof of concept the top things, your skills and your network, right? And before we even get to all of that, we have to work on your character and your mentality, which again, a lot of you guys have already clicked out because you don't really care to work on that, right? But if you're a follower of Jesus, that should matter to you. Your character, your mentality, your beliefs, how you view the world, all these things should matter to you. And so that's the question, man, is, is are, you, are you being faithful? Are you being faithful? Are you squandering your money on stupid things? Are you, are you managing your money? Do you even have a plan for your money? Are, are you are you always swiping the credit card? Are you aimlessly getting into more student loan debt as you just keep racking that up in a degree that I don't know if this is actually going to be useful in a marketplace because the marketplace is changing and more people going to not need as many degrees and fill in a blank, right? And so, and if you're in a spot right now, by the way, if you're in a spot right now, if you're in a spot right now where you're trying to earn some more money right now, take Start right where you're at, start being grateful for where you're at and the job that you do have, and then start utilizing free building uh, utilities like YouTube and build more useful skills on top of it. And then present those to your employer. Hey, I know I'm just here at this entry level position, but by the way, man, I've, I've been studying, you, you, you know, editing video on YouTube and I put together this cool little promo clip. Oh, wow. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, I did that. I've seen multiple people take entry-level positions. Then people find out that they have other skills. And then all of a sudden, they're the head of marketing. True stories, right? Start where you're at. And by the way, your, your, your most direct path to becoming wealthy and successful, which isn't, it's not that complicated, is not going to be uh, you starting a business, though that, that's my slant, right? The most direct path is actually going to be about you being an entrepreneur in someone's organization. What does that mean? That means you got to be faithful to where you're already at and learn to serve them better. Solve their problems. Solve their problems so they could solve their customers' problems. Make yourself useful. Make yourself valuable. Right? Work with your own hands. Win the respect of outsiders. That's in 1 Thessalonians. Right? So... When it comes to this money conversation, I, th I just think it's hilarious because I think we remove our context. We remove this incredible time that we live in, and we go straight to radical examples and out-of-context Bible verses. Instead of saying, hey, man, you want to read Matthew chapter 25 in context? Because, um, you know, if you, if you read the, the, the second half of that, it talks a lot about providing for the, the least of these, taking care of the least of these. Oh, and you know what you need to do? to care for people, the widow, the orphan, 
per, the person in prison, the naked person, the homeless person. You know what you need? You need resources. You need money. Yeah, it's interesting that Matthew 25 flows that way. So you, we have an incredible opportunity here on this side of eternity to do some amazing stuff. And, um, and, and there's never been a time like this in history. There's never been a time like this in history. So anyway, let me know what y'all think, man. Hopefully this was helpful. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Yo, thank you so much for making it through the end of this video. We have a free three-day challenge called Master YouTube Live coming up. Make sure you sign up for it if you're interested in getting into the creator space, business owner, expert, thought leader, and you want to scale your YouTube business. That's coming up in the next few days. Thank you so much for watching this video, and I will see you next time. Peace.